0: Welcome back to the Michael Mar Show. Today is Tuesday, August 9, 2022, this episode 85. And I'm joined by Keith Van Gels, aka Kane Van Gate, aka KVG, world's best beer league goalie, five-time BHL champion, and content creator with over 50k sub, uh, subscribers on YouTube. It was a pleasure having you on.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me, man. Um, I know we've been back and forth a bit. You've been busy, I've been busy, so I'm glad we're finally doing it, but uh, yeah, excited.
0: Yeah, and uh, if you don't mind, just uh, can you give a brief like overview of your hockey career and how you got started in the uh, BHL?
1: Yeah, um, so my real name is Keith Van Gels. Um, anyone listening, if, if you've heard of me, you've heard of Kane Van Gate, not Keith Van Gels. I never played professional hockey or anything like that, but um, I coach goalies for a living, and then so my hockey career, I uh, grew up playing in St. Louis, Missouri. Played for the St. Louis Amateur Blues AAA program for four years. Um, played a little bit of junior hockey. It was a bit of a suitcase. And then walked on to Bowling Green State University. Got to play with the likes of Jordan Siglett and Kevin Bieksa, who's a tough guy. Kind of rough, roughed me up once, uh, and I deserved it. But uh, anyways, and then after I was there for three semesters had some injuries and things like that didn't work out and then transferred to university of missouri finished from there and then that's when i got the coaching bug um that's when i knew when my college career came to an end obviously i knew like make you know playing professionally was obviously not a reality so i kind of changed my focus to coaching goaltenders and that was a part-time job i i had for about 10 years and then now it's a full-time gig that with, you know, all the social media stuff and, um, actually do a little bit of commercial acting as well. So, um, yeah, hockey pays the bills, which is pretty awesome. So no complaints.
0: So, uh, throughout your hockey career, did you always want to become a coach, uh, like towards the tail end once you finally retired, or is that something that kind of happened naturally?
1: It's a good question. Kind of both. Um, it kind of happened naturally. So I was uh, an undergrad at university of Missouri, and a, and a local youth hockey organization, uh, Kirkwood youth hockey here in St. Louis reached out to me and asked if I could be, uh, cause they had a main goalie coach, uh, Bruce Racine, this guy who played in the NHL and he's, he's my boss. He r- owns and runs the racing goalie Academy. So they had him, but they needed someone to kind of fill in on a, on a regular basis since he was really busy. I obviously wasn't. So I kind of, it kind of, Fell into my lap that way. Um, I coached in high school quite a bit and even in college a little bit. Back when I was at Bowling Green, there's like two kids I did some lessons with. So I always had the coaching bug, but I never thought that it could be a full time job. And then, you know, once I kind of saw that, hey, you know, I could make a living doing this and I started taking it a lot more seriously. And um, yeah, so to answer your question, it, it definitely happened organically. It kind of fell in my lap when, when they gave me that offer out of the clear blue. And if that offer never happened, I it's probably safe to say I wouldn't be coaching, you know, how I am now, but maybe I would have. Um I always had the bug a little bit, but it also kind of fell right in my lap too.
0: So do you see a, a ceiling for your coaching career? Like do you kind of want to stay in the BHL or work with the youth or you know, build your way up to the to the majors or to the you know NHL?
1: Um I honestly have no desire to be a professional or NHL goalie coach. Um, There's so many good coaches out there. And I think I really found my niche here working with youth goalies, but also um, I get to coach adults. And then some of our youth goalies have gotten drafted, turned pro. So they come back and it's a little more training than it is uh, teaching. Right. But um, in fact, I I even learned from them, but um, yeah, I don't really have a desire to kind of work my way up. I mean, Like I said, there's a ton of good coaches out there. You got to kind of, it's kind of like, you know, going through, um, you got to kind of earn it, I guess, like kind of build, like work your way up through the minor league sort of. And Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's um, not exactly something I'd be interested in. I had an opportunity to work with um, some tier one and tier two junior teams and the money was I just had to say, no, it just wasn't worth it for me. And, uh, you know, I want to, I want to be here with my family and raise a family here in St. Louis and I don't want to be living on a bus making, making, uh, you know, just barely enough to survive. So, uh, I tip my cap to those guys who went through that grind and made it. Um, I think that's awesome. I just know I'm very passionate about this, but that's just, yeah. play. Yeah. It's just not really, Mm -hmm. I'm not really interested in that, I guess.
0: Yeah, and I'd love to talk a little bit about the movie that you starred in, Hockey Journey, where you traveled around the country showcasing your passion for the sport. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about like how that movie came about and some stories from filming?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for bringing that up. Um, of course. If anyone wants to see the trailer or download it, you can go to hockeyjourney.com.
0: For I'll put more it in the description. Yeah, I'll put it in the description. Awesome. Thank you, Michael. Course, um, so
1: it's funny. It, my um, I have a buddy who I've been good friends with since seventh grade who shoots and edits most of my videos, pretty much all of them. And he was adamant about doing this movie. And I was not, I was like, let's just stick with YouTube, you know, let's grow that. So I was very skeptical. I also knew it was going to be an insane amount of work and time and money and all that. But he talked me into it and I'm glad he did. It was the hardest thing I've ever done in my life, but, um, and the most stressful too, but, um, it was really rewarding and to just say like, Hey, we did it. Um, we raised um, $15,000 through Kickstarter, which is awesome. And without that money, we wouldn't have even been able to pull it off. But even though it's a documentary, you know, 15000 we we spent a lot more than that. So financially, it was very stressful. So that's kind of how, so Dave was really adamant about it. He talked me into it. We traveled to Vancouver and the wheel started turning. And, um, and then that kind of gave us the motivation to do it. And ideally, we want it to be a series. Um, So hockey journey, we could do Vancouver, Toronto, Helsinki, Detroit, Florida, you know, whatever, and just kind of make it get some legs and keep going. And um, we had some meetings set up in some different cities with some really awesome potential places to shoot. But with COVID, everything got shut down. So that's still kind of a dream of mine to make that a series and keep that going um, or to just make any hockey movies in general with a real budget, um, instead of having to do crowdfunding, but yeah. So that was really kind of Dave talking me into it. And, you know, every time we hit a hurdle, I was like, I told you, I told you, you know, so, but anyways, once we got it done, um, yeah, I just, uh, it was huge relief to, uh, to get, to get that done. Just knowing, I mean, it took us two years of just work, work, work. Cause it was just him and I, Where usually even if it's documentary, you've got a team of people working on it. You know, so it was pretty insane. But uh like I said, I'm I'm glad we pulled it off and so really proud w-
0: without giving away like any spoilers to the documentary, what would you say are, were like some of your favorite parts of uh of the doc?
1: Some of my favorite parts, I think. Um I think were so uh Brandon Barber, um or sorry, Pavel Barber. Uh Brandon Barber's his real name. Pavel Barber, the stick specialist, is a buddy of mine, and so he was I guess you could say the co-star in it with me. And so he was also a producer on this with us. And, um, I guess him and I going to like taking the ferry, um, to Victoria Island and then just seeing the ultimate hockey fan cave and actually like just doing all that exploring and then going to a couple events and just meeting hundreds and hundreds of passionate hockey people who are really geeking out about him. I don't know. I think that was probably my highlight was just kind of bumming around with him. And then, um, I guess the ultimate hockey fan cave might be my favorite part, even though a lot of people have already seen that, um, all over social media and on different shows on Netflix and things, cause it's such a cool, cool, uh, venue. That was awesome. And then just the whole having an idea and being able to bring it to life as, as risky and as scary and stressful as it was super rewarding when you're, when you're finally done.
0: So what were some, uh, like hurdles that you had to overcome throughout filming the documentary that you kind of cool. didn't see coming when you started? Yeah.
1: That's a good question. Uh, There's a million. I'll start with some big ones. We had two computers crash on us. We, at one point, we were having to edit on a MacBook pro and then the computer crashed and we lost about 65, almost 70 hours of editing. So, I mean, I, it was, there are some nightmares going on where, you know, if we had a real budget, some things that could have easily been avoided. Um, So yeah, if I do this again, which I hope to, I I would definitely want to not use my own money or crowdfunding and actually get it financed correctly and do it the right way. Mm -hmm. Um, But boy, do we learn a lot. I mean, just like sports, you know, it's fun to win. Everybody wants to win, but you don't learn any life lessons from that. It's when you lose some heartbreakers, when when you really, uh, when you really kind of figure out who you really are. So from all those nightmare mistakes, we learned a ton. So, if there's a next go around, we know what mistakes not to make.
0: Yeah, and we learned. Or, or, you talked a little bit about your hockey journey at the start of the episode. But how did you get started with social media and your YouTube channel, and you know, building your character? And also, if you could give a quick like overview of your character.
1: Yeah, so for for anyone listening, has no idea. Uh, so, K Man Gate, it's, you'd say it's an alter ego where you know I, I just act like this well, I am a beer league goalie and goalie coach, so it's not too much acting. But, um, you know, I always thought that there are a lot of hockey players out there that are a little delusional about their own abilities. And a lot of them happen to be goalies, it seems. And I remember, you know, I've met goalies who are in their 30s who legitimately deadpanned have said, you know, I'm pretty athletic. I feel like if I do this for a couple of years, I might be able to try out for this and this. And I'm kind of like, buddy like that's impossible like yeah. you can't like do you realize how so disrespectful that is to all the guys who do play at that level and so it kind of got the wheels turning and I'm not going to name names but there's just a few few guys I've come in contact with where I'm like oh boy you know you're just out of your mind delusional so I was like let's make fun of these guys in like a subtle way like not make fun of them directly but just mm-hmm. kind of that uncle rico kind of guy who just thinks he has it and he never really did kind of thing yeah um and so like i wrote a script actually for an outskater and we were trying to find one of our convince one of our buddies to like act in it and no one really wanted to do it i ended up getting um like a really nice set of like i think Reebok custom gear like i looked like a professional goaltender, um and uh I think it was just kind of the, the joke wrote itself. And then my my buddy Dave was like, dude, you should just do it. And I had no experience being in front of a camera, no interest. And I just did it. We made BHL 36, which was our first video. It kind of gives you the day in the life of a legendary uh, beer league goalie. And um, it didn't get a lot of views right away. But I want to say like six to 12 months later, it really started circulating. I still to this day don't know how if somebody tweeted it or shared it or what. But all of a sudden it was just getting views like way, way, way after we made it. And so from there, it was like, all right, let's uh, let's just create some social channels and kind of see what happens here. Because our original plan was just our YouTube channel is called Hockey Shorties. And we're just going to come up with a bunch of different short ideas. And that was our first or second one. And then after it kind of got some legs, we just kind of developed it into like an alter ego character and just made it a series and continue with the videos. And that was, we've been doing this for eight, almost nine years now, which, uh, which is insane, but, um, obviously we enjoy it and that's why we still do it.
0: Is it ever uh, difficult for you to switch from Keith to Kane? Like if you're doing a meet and greet or if you're at a practice or, you know, a bunch of fans come up to you that are maybe a little bit younger that expect to see Kane, uh, is it hard for you to balance them? It's,
1: that's a good question. It's not like, it's really not. I've gotten used to anytime I am at a rink and there's kids who are, you know, 12 or younger, if they come up with me up to me with a grin on their face or, you know, whatever, they like say a random line from a video that I don't even remember. I've gotten used to being like, okay, they obviously know who I am, but they know who the, the YouTube channel is. And so, you know, I'll, I'll break right into it. It's not like Daniel Day-Lewis playing Abraham Lincoln or anything. You know what I mean? It's not like it's much acting, uh, although I'd like to think it's a little bit of acting, but you know, at the end of the day, I am a very hockey passionate goalie guy and coach and do play beer league. Um, So there's a lot of crossover there, but um, I'm not delusional in real life. Uh, I usually get to the rink about 20 minutes before the game. If we lose, I'll probably be mad for about 30 seconds and then get over it. Um, So it's a very exaggerated version of myself and then like a few other people I've met. So going back and forth is, I don't know, I, I've been doing it so long. I'm just so used to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I even did a podcast once, the uh, hockey think tank, where they had me, I was just doing a normal interview, like I am with you right now. And then they had me like break into character and really it's just, uh, just being a little cocky and a little delusional. And that's really about it. But
0: mm-hmm. And you're heavily involved with the BHL and BHLPA um what are some goals that you have to expand the league we wanted to
1: make bhl universal so like let's say wherever let's say you're playing beer league and it's called the wrhl whatever it's called we want uh we want to be like oh my bhl league's called the wmjb you know we want to make it more universal mm-hmm. and that actually kind of happened organically like we didn't have necessarily a plan to do that we were just you know kind of video has been like you know how's your bhl league and and Kind of that was the the effort, I guess, and uh, it kind of worked. And then we started BHLPA. Obviously, it's just a joke and it's a, a spoof or a parody of the NHLPA, um, which they they uh, they okayed it by the way, thankfully, because they could have easily shut us down if they wanted to. Um, But really all it is, is uh, it's just apparel. So we just have BHLPA.com and we just have beer league apparel hats, uh, hoodies and t-shirts and that sort of thing. Um, Ideally I would like to grow that and to make it more profitable. It's just, it's just tough. We just there's so much stuff going on with Dave and I with our personal lives and work lives that um, BHLPA probably hasn't gotten the attention I would have, I would like to give it. So this season I'd like to, put forth more effort and just do a better job marketing it and just spreading the word and, and that sort of thing.
0: So if someone was to give you like $5 million, what would you spend it on to grow the league?
1: Um, That's an awesome question. I think I would take that money and just use it to create content, cooler content for the YouTube channel, like take a helicopter up to a top of a mountain where there's a frozen pond and, you know, stuff like that. It's probably been mm. done before, but just, really unique expensive content content that would cost a lot of money but then also kind of like what I was uh saying before I would like to do hockey journey and make it a series and do you know shoot with 5 million dollars we could easily crank out I think 10 of those uh if not more so make that a series and um you know whether that lives on YouTube or Vimeo or you know if we could get on a legitimate platform that'd be even better um but yeah I think just continue to do what I'm doing just on a much, I guess, uh, more just the bigger scale, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, cause yeah, I mean, when you're creating content, especially film, the bigger budget you have, the, the more access you have to, to do cooler stuff. So I would definitely like to expand upon what I'm already doing mm-hmm. just do much better.
0: Yeah, you guys have already accomplished a lot with with the league. But what would you say are some of the coolest things that you've been able to do through the BHL? Like I've seen you guys played in some some big stadiums and stuff like that, outdoor, indoor. So yeah, um, yeah what, what's some cool cool memories that you have?
1: Well, first of all, thank you very much for the kind words. Appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think coolest memory would be skating at Bush Stadium, which is you know my I'm a big Cardinals fan, being from St. Louis, so skating there is uh, something I always always remember also skating um up in minnesota at the winter classic this past winter the nhl had me and a bunch of other social media personalities up there and um so fritz from old time hockey who's an absolute beauty of a human he and i got to hang out and skate around and shoot some content that was pretty freaking cool um we got to go to the all-star games in tampa and los angeles um and we had sponsors kind of you know, fund everything and give us access to stuff. So I think just being invited to these big events and being given access and, you know, getting sponsors and things that it, it's uh, it's pretty awesome. And, um, you know, we're super lucky to be in this position, but at the same time, I know we've put in a lot of hours and a lot of hard work. So um, it's just nice to, to feel like we're getting kind of, I guess, rewarded, so to speak, for that. But mm-hmm. um, th- we've gotten to do a lot of cool stuff and I've gotten to meet... A lot of legends, too. Um, and no, I'm not talking about Barbara, although I love the guy. But mm-hmm. like hockey legends like Brian Trottier, uh Wayne Gretzky, um, Brett Hall, who I met a bunch as a kid, but got to meet him again as an adult. So it's just, I don't know, just being invited to, to these events has been awesome.
0: If you don't period. mind me asking, what did you uh, talk to Wayne about? Or was it just a quick little, it, like, hey? It wasn't a
1: one-on-one conversation. I wish it was. But mm-hmm. it, was in a, it was a group. there. Um, there are a lot of blues alumni around. It was in St. Louis. And um, it was me, Wayne, myself at one point, Wayne was talking to me and like five or six other guys were kind of in a circle and he was just telling stories and he is the coolest. Every story you hear about him is true. He's the coolest guy ever. And he's not even trying to be cool. He's just best storyteller, coolest guy in the room. Just, it was an awesome experience. Um, I, I don't get starstruck, but with, freaking Wayne Gretzky. I was very starstruck. I was just kind of like just sitting back listening and I didn't really say much to be honest.
0: Yeah. So you said you're a blues fan. Um, what do you think about like current, like present day hockey? Cause I mean, they just signed the deal with ESPN. So they're going to be like, the game's going to be more, uh, like widely accessible. Um, so like what what do you think about the current state of hockey? Like do you like where it's going or you think they could make some, uh, adjustments?
1: I love where it's going. Um, you know, unfortunately, in the U.S., we're not going to be as big as the NFL or, or you know, any of that. But I think it's awesome that the technology is helping the game. It's something I think I, I want to say like 20 years ago, I had a conversation with, you know, some people and HD cameras and different angles and all the different technology. I think is only helping the sport of hockey because, you know, a lot of people who are knowledgeable of hockey can tell you it's so entertaining to watch, you know, in person it's the fastest game you know that sort of thing and i feel like it just didn't really translate to tv very well in the 80s 90s and then once you get into the 2000s you get hd tv and it's like oh i can actually see what's going on and now with with the different replays and and all the stuff they have going on i think it's definitely trending in the right direction now that like like you just said now that they're going to be back on espn and some major networks it's only gonna get more eyeballs on it um i also think these superstars like Austin Matthews and Connor McDavid, who are just absolute freaks with so much talent are definitely helping to grow the game as well. Mm -hmm. Um, not just from the standpoint of, you know, little Johnny being like, I want to be the next Connor McDavid, but you know, a guy who's a big football fan sees Connor do something. He's like, Oh my God, that's unreal. And then, you know, or Trevor egress, for example, you know, like when he started doing his like trick shot goals or whatever, you know, um, Some old-timers can gripe all they want, but the fact is he's growing the sport single-handedly when he's making those plays. He's getting football fans and basketball fans talking about hockey and watching hockey. So I think all that stuff, uh, all all the aforementioned stuff is only helping the game.
0: Yeah. And I think uh, getting on ESPN is gigantic because then you get on their social media and everything like that. Because in my opinion, all you need to do is just watch hockey, like whether it's a clip or a game. And once you watch it, like you're just hooked on it. I mean, for me, uh, I've I've grown up in the DMV my whole life and um, I've kind of watched hockey a little bit. But then when the Capitals went on their run in like 2017, 2018, uh, and they won the Stanley Cup, like that just turned the dial for me. So ever since then... I've just been a huge fan of the league. And yeah, once you learn about the players a little more, you kind of, you know, uh, you get more like acquainted to it, I guess.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, winning a Stanley cup definitely helps. Uh, St. Louis has had a really good fan base for a long time, but when they won in 2019, I mean, it, it just blew up. It's electric, and, dude. Yeah. It's awesome. And as a, as a passionate hockey guy, like I love, you know, I love new fans. You can call them bandwagoners, you can call them whatever you want, but, You know, as if our goal is to grow the game, it's just awesome when we have, you know, new fans coming in, especially crossing over from other sports.
0: Mm -hmm. And uh, now another question that I have is uh, we kind of just talked about, um, like, some of the cool things that you've been able to do through the BHL and through some of your platforms. But what would you say ultimately has been the most rewarding part of all your success so far? (sighs) The most, Um, you know, this has only probably happened
1: a handful of times, but. And I, to be honest with you, I thought that the person telling me was kind of messing with me, but then I realized, oh, they're being sincere. And then it happened again and again a few times. But I've had a handful of, you know, younger kids reach out and just say, hey, basically something like, you got me into hockey, or you got me into playing goalie. I stumbled across your channel. I found it funny or silly or whatever. And then, you know, you, you're so passionate that I have tried goalie and now I've been a goalie for three, four years. Like things like that really take me back. And I'm like, wow, I never, even if it's five, five humans that I help become hockey players, I'm still feel like I'm doing my part to grow the game. So for me, that's incredibly humbling. And just, yeah, that, that, it doesn't get much cooler than that for me, because uh, I've always had a goal of growing the game, but, you know, not being a professional athlete or not having, any way to do it, it's a little tricky. And then, you know, now that I have an audience, it's uh, I guess, yeah, the most rewarding thing I guess would be growing the sport um, in my own way.
0: Mm. And and how important is it to, to uh, work for, or work with, you know, youth athlete, or young athletes and, um, you know, aspiring hockey players, the next generation and building the sport up. Like how important is that to you?
1: It's huge for me. Um, you know, I just growing up, the goalie coach profession didn't exist. I, uh, I got to work with Mitch Korn and Lindsey Middlebrook. Uh, Lindsey was an NHL alum a little bit, but the game was, I, I was growing up playing in the 90s and early 2000s and the game was evolving so fast. And back then it was just be athletic, figure out how to stop the puck. No one had consistent training or like a, a consistent way to play the position. And that's totally changed today not to say there's only one way to play the position, but there's really kind of one way to play the position in many aspects. You know, the technique is such a huge part of part of the game now. So to be able to kind of help these kids out in ways that no, I, you know, I didn't have help. um, It's really, it's really gratifying. And then also, you know, working with a kid and you can teach them whether it's a power push or whatever, you can make them better instantly. And it's, you know, selfishly, it's a little bit of instant gratification. Like, oh wow, look how much better that kid's getting. But you know, just to see them, you know, build confidence in themselves and just become better goalies is what it's all about. Because at the end of the day, as much as I would love to see these kids play in the NHL, and some of them will, most of them aren't right. And we're just trying to help them become good human beings and learn life lessons, good teammates, and things like that. They like that that they can carry with them, you know, the rest of their lives. But uh, working with kids is is so gratifying for the reason that I mean, in one hour, you can literally make a kid significantly better if mm-hmm. if, if you hone in on the on the right things.
0: Are there any uh, goalies in the NHL that you tell them to maybe study um, okay. when they're not training? Who, who, who okay. do you who are some go tos for
1: you? Uh, go tos has been Carey Price forever. Um, mm-hmm. He's just so fundamentally sound and smooth, and everything he does impresses me. Um, but there's also a lot of guys who play like him, in my opinion. Like Carter Hart um, plays like him. There's a handful of guys. I also tell a lot of goalies to watch. Uh, obviously, Vasilevsky. Um, you could argue he's he's, a dog. The, he's he's an absolute beast, and you could argue he's the best goalie in the world. And I would not argue with you. Um, but just the way he plays is it's so fun to watch. And then Jordan Bennington too. And sometimes there's like little aspects of a goalie. Like I'll be like, notice how Bennington what he does on a rim with the puck or notice how what his hand positioning when the puck is here. And, you know, so, um, us goalie coaches, like I have to, I study those NHL goalies, and I got to figure out like, okay, what are they doing? That's going to be relatable to an 18 year old or an 11 year old. And cause obviously you can't t- have an 11 year old play like Vasilevsky when they're, you know, a fourth of the size. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's a little bit of adjustments, but, that's a really good question. As as a goalie coach, there's tons of NHL goalies that I kind of study and then tell kids to watch. But most of them are so freaking good and so fundamentally sound that, um, I mean, for the most part, you could have a kid watch any of them and, you know, they should pick up a thing or two just by watching them.
0: So for goalies, uh, what do you think separates, um, like, let's say someone who's on the border of making the NHL and then a, like a superstar in the NHL, like what are some little details that like a, as, like a casual fan might not know that really separates them?
1: It's there's not much. And what I mean by that is um, like a, a professional goalie in the East coast league is so talented nowadays that I don't think the average fan would be able to tell the difference between them and an NHL goalie for the most part. I really don't. Cause they're just so like I said before, technically sound so athletic, so big and strong, or at least strong and move strong and strong and move really well. Um, I guess I would say timing and luck. I mean, I know guys who who barely got a sniff in the NHL and they should have, but they were just, you know, they're third or fourth string goalie and they just never got the opportunity. And then there's guys who, You know, I'm not going to name names, but there's guys who are, you know, starting goalies for their country and world juniors who are still, you know, battling it in the minors because the organization they're with just keeps signing 40 year olds, you know, and then there's a, a kid who's very talented as well, who is, you know, his goalie partners now starting NHL goalie just because. You know, I mean, he earned it. He's unreal. Not to say he didn't deserve it, but it was a lot of luck and timing. Whereas, you know, one guy got hurt, one guy retired, and then one guy this, and boom, all of a sudden he got his opportunity. So um, I don't think there's much of a difference between American League goalies and NHL goalies outside of experience, exposure, and just timing and luck. Mm-hmm. A lot of that comes into play. I, I'm I'm learning as I follow the careers of a lot of these young goalies.
0: What would you say is the most memorable hockey game you've ever played in? Um,
1: shoot. That's a good question. I was really lucky. Growing up, I played on some really good teams. So we won a ton of tournaments. And um shoot, I was on um, I guess I would say I was a net, and I need to do some research, figure out who the other goalie was because it's possible I played against Curtis McElhaney. It's very possible. It could have been the other guy in his team, but anyway, he and I are the same age and I played against the top team in Canada and we beat them in overtime, which was awesome. And then Mike McKenna was my goalie partner that year, who was uh, an absolute stud. And so he uh, basically our team won this tournament called KIV at Kamloops International Bam Ice Hockey Tournament is what the acronym stands for. We had to beat the top, like two or three US teams and we were ranked fourth which was very generous i don't know if we were top 10 but somehow they had us fourth and then we had to beat all the top teams in canada to win that tournament which at the time a team from st louis that was unheard of mm-hmm. and we pulled it off and um mike was unreal and a lot of our you know top players were unbelievable and just to, you know no one had us winning a single game let alone winning that tournament so they are definitely it's hard to pick a single game but there are definitely a lot of those underdog games where we had no business winning and we went in and just kind of stole one. And as a goalie, those are without a doubt, the most memorable.
0: Who would you say is um, like the hardest shooter you've ever faced? Vladimir Tarasenko. No question.
1: Uh, I practiced with the blues for a a week. Not actually, I should say that again. It was an unofficial practice. So like there weren't coaches out there, um, but it was all blues players and it was uh, like Maroon was out there back when he was with st louis ryan o'reilly was out there and um it was funny because the first drill we did was just like warm-up shooting where they were like kind of skating a route and they're taking a shot from like way back so like mm. i sh- you should save it like there's no traffic it's a long distance shot and none of them were even trying to score they're just kind of letting me get a feel for the puck and then we started doing drills where uh where like they're trying to score And Vladdy is, he's such an awesome guy. His, his oldest son's a goaltender. So I coach him. And so I've gotten to know him and he skates up to me. He goes, okay, now I score on you. And I was like, (laughs) bring on. And sure enough, he just, it was an absolute laser. Like I almost read it right. Like I knew where he's going, but it came in so fast. I didn't even come close to saving it. It was right in the corner and he kind of smiled and winked at me. And uh, yeah, he did that to me a few times out there, but for me um it was so cool to just see how freaking hard those guys can shoot and um i adjusted to the speed a little bit like obviously i got scored on a lot for obvious reasons but when you first see the shot you're like oh my god i've never seen a shot that that hard in my life and so it's kind of like overwhelming and then eventually you kind of adjust where you can at least track it a little bit and stop you know one every once in a while but um mm. Yeah, I would say Vladdy's shot was noticeably ridiculous, and his release was just—it was just so hard to, to to keep up with.
0: Do you have any like nasty saves that stand out from the rest that you made? Like any like just gloves that would have been top genos?
1: Uh, definitely not at those practices, uh, but in my beer league, yeah, I've uh, I've had some good ones where I was like, man, I wish that was on film. <laughs> um but you know for every one of those there's usually a goal that goes in that you're like oh thank goodness that's not on film so mm-hmm. i don't know i guess my favorite save to make would be uh when a guy's like door or whatever thinks they have a wide open net and you just come across with a real strong push and get a piece of it or catch it i guess glove saves are always kind of the most fun because you know if they're dramatic ones and the puck's in your glove the plays over so yeah. then all the focus is on you and you're like yep I got it. It's right here. So yeah, I think those uh, desperation glove saves would have to
0: be my favorite. And uh, during your coaching career and playing career, what are some of like the best chirps you've ever heard on the ice?
1: Um, I think the best one, that's funny. Okay. So I made a really good glove save a few years ago and this kid or guy, I guess he's around my age, skates up and he goes, you putting that in your YouTube video? I just (laughs) kind of laughed. I was like, Nope, not today. So I get a lot of, A lot of that which yeah to be expected no hard feelings it's it's all in fun and it's just kind of part of the game
0: now i always ask my guests this at the end of the show but uh what is one piece of advice that you would give to everyone watching or listening
1: um let's see as far as just any advice life advice hockey
0: yeah yeah like life advice i guess um
1: i think you just got to stick with what you're passionate about and don't let any naysayers kind of change your mind. Um, And what I mean by that is, you know, if you want to pursue a sport or whatever profession you want to pursue, no one is going to keep you from doing it, but there's always going to be people who maybe talk down or try to talk you out of it. Or maybe, you know, maybe they're jealous, whatever the case may be, just stick with it. Always stick with it. Work hard, be the first one there, the last one to leave, whether it's hockey or school or, or whatever it is, um, you can accomplish it. It's just anything worth accomplishing is never going to be easy and you're always going to have those ups and downs. And so when that happens, just keep going, just keep mm-hmm. on, keep it on, whatever it is you're trying to pursue.
0: Were there any times throughout building your social media platforms and your YouTube channel, uh, times where you kind of doubted if you'd be able to be successful with it?
1: Oh yeah. A million times. I mean, you know, there's, there's definitely times where things get a little frustrating and, you know, there's definitely times where I'm like, okay, I don't need to do this anymore. I can do this or that, you know, I don't need to do this. And, mm-hmm. but, uh, kind of going back to like what I was saying before about, you know, that one random kid who's like, Oh, I got on the hockey because of your YouTube channel or, you know, there's little things like that that totally make it worth it. So when, when I do get a little frustrated or do get like uh, you know, I don't need to do this anymore. I'm gonna walk away. Something always happens where I'm like, okay, like a little reassurance is, that, okay, this is why I do this. Um, yes, ad revenue is very helpful. Sponsorship dollars is very helpful. You know, everyone's motivated by money. But, you know, for the longest time, I didn't make any money doing this. So uh, I'd be lying if I said I just do it for the money. It's definitely a passion project for us. It's just nice that, you know, making some dollars is definitely making it worth our, worth our while, I guess.
0: And dude, Keith, I really appreciate your time, man. It was an honor having you on the show, getting to interview you and, uh, you know, talk a little bit about hockey because I've never, i never actually interviewed anyone from like, I guess the sport of hockey. So what better nice. person to have than you, KBG?
1: Perfect, man. Then no one listening has to have a clue who I am. That's all good. I hope I get some new followers out of it, but Hey, honestly, Michael, you're a really good interviewer. I've done a ton of these podcasts and you are very per- prepared you're really good at this and um yeah like i said when we first started thanks very much for reaching out and thanks for having
0: me world's best beer league goalie five-time bhl champion content creator with over 50k on youtube and uh, like i said man it was an absolute honor to have you on
1: yeah thanks again man i forgot to correct you on one thing uh we got eight championships now i need eight? to update that yeah we've won, we okay. won three in the last few years so anyways you got, you
0: got uh, a dynasty going dude
1: do we do we do we got tar- everyone hates us we got targets on our back but uh, so, it, so do you like rec-
0: do you recruit players for the league or um, is it kind of yeah like we got
1: join? for our team yeah we totally recruit guys like I have a guy on my team who played at Yale who's one of the best defensemen I've ever seen so it's like he makes me look good because he's so good at just yeah I don't know it's just it's nice we got a few guys on our team that played professionally so we got a pretty good pretty good yeah. squad
0: got to make yeah. it ten dude get ten rings on each finger. Yeah, or ring on easy. Well, yeah,
1: t-shirts, rings, whatever. It's all the same. That's awesome. But, uh, anyways, thanks again, man. I really appreciate it.
0: Of course, man. Anytime. And uh, if you're watching on YouTube, please like, comment, subscribe. If you're listening on any audio audio platforms, please rate five stars. But I'm your host of the show, Michael Marr, and I'll see everyone next week.